Seattle's Morning News. Dave Ross with Colleen O'Brien and Chris Sullivan. Who's entitled to call themselves a member of an Indian tribe? Under federal law, normally it's up to the tribe. And in the Nooksack tribe, which is headquartered in Deming, there is an attempt underway now to disenroll 306 tribal members because of who their ancestors were and where those ancestors lived. Let's consult with former State Attorney General Rob McKenna, our conversation sponsored by Madrona Financial Services. So, Rob, they're being disenrolled, which would mean what? They they lose their homes? They have to leave the reservation? What, what are the consequences of being disenrolled? Well, the reason this story is in the news right now is that they are facing one of the consequences of disenrollment, which means you're no longer part of the tribe, which means you don't receive the benefits of tribal membership. One of those benefits is housing. The group called the the Nooksack 306, 306 previously enrolled members of the tribe who are now disenrolled, include a number of people who live in tribal housing and are facing eviction. And the question is, are they going to be forced out of their homes or not? The tribe is saying, yeah, they're no longer members of the tribe, therefore they don't get to live in these houses. These folks are arguing that their due process rights have been violated. And obviously, they're also unhappy about having been disenrolled for reasons they believe are incorrect. But the immediate issue is whether they can avoid eviction. So they've, they've done something unusual. Uh, they have asked the federal government to intervene. It's unusual because one of the principles of tribal sovereignty is they, they get to make decisions like this for themselves. And tribal members normally don't reach out to the federal government to ask them to intervene. This is a pretty big fight. You, know, you get about 2,000 enrolled members, and they're trying to kick 306 of them out. The argument that the tribe makes is that they're the descendants of someone who is from British Columbia, was from a tribal band uh, up in B.C., two daughters of the sort of the founding member of this family came down and moved on to the Mixac reservation and enrolled in the tribe back in the 1980s. As a result, they were not included in a tribal census that was undertaken in 1942, which the tribe has decided is kind of the key dividing line. If you if your if your ancestors were part of that tribal census in 1942, you're good, you're eligible to remain enrolled. But if not, it means you weren't really part of the tribe at the crucial point in time, and uh, you can be disenrolled, and that's what's happened here. Now, I should also point out that these folks who've been disenrolled are all part of the same extended family, mm-hmm. a family that you know may have only moved to Whatcom County in the the tribe says the 1980s, but they became pretty influential in the tribe. They got elected to the tribal council, and uh, there there was a, a big fight that broke out between different families and who controls the tribe and who controls the tribe's resources. And in tribes in our state that you know have this kind of uh, controversy, it often comes down to fights between different family groups over who controls tribal resources and has the power. And this group lost out, partly because some members of this family were charged with violating federal drug laws. So one of them was convicted of drug trafficking, and um, that contributed to the controversy here. Mm. But it sounds like they're using a United States court to enforce a tribal standard, which is based on, well, either bloodlines or geography. But either way, it's something that I would think is pretty odious to the American system. I mean, if the U.S. government started just throwing people out of their houses because of where they emigrated from or uh, what percentage of their blood is related to a certain family, 
we'd say uh, this is yeah. something that is as discriminatory and as arbitrary as it gets. Yeah. Well, and the issue here is whether these folks can be evicted from this housing, which was built with federal funds. They really can't get the federal government to overturn the tribe's decision to disenroll them based on standards established by the tribe. So the fact that the Nooksack tribe is keying off of the 1942 census is a decision the tribe gets to make that the federal government does not have the power to overturn or overrule. And this is really about eviction from tribal housing that was created with federal funds and whether or not these evictions should be reviewed by the federal government. It's also about whether these alleged violations of the Federal Civil Rights Act and the Indian Civil Rights Act have merit. The violations are alleged in connection with the evictions as opposed to the disenrollment. So what you have here are a group of people who have been disenrolled and they're trying to hold on to some of their benefits, housing, and the tribe's saying, no, you don't get any benefits. You have to move out of the housing because we control it. And so when you get kicked out, what do you do? Where do you go? Because we, we certainly know uh, in Seattle, among the homeless, there are quite a few Native Americans. So a policy like this certainly doesn't help their status. Yeah, I think the answer to that is as varied as the individuals involved. And it, it, there probably are people who have ended up in pretty dire straits. I and mean, the the folks who are fighting eviction are worried about where they're going to live instead. Some of them are, are quite old in their late 70s or 80s. You know, they've always thought they were members of the Mexac tribe. It's not just a question of their home, but of their identity. And it's a pretty big blow to be told you no longer can identify as a member of the Nooksack when you grew up thinking that you could. Former State Attorney General Rob McKenna. Rob, thanks very much. Thanks, Dave.